It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCW, in Sitka. Today is Monday, June 21st. I'm Meredith Reddick with Raven News. Alaska began offering COVID-19 vaccinations this month to out-of-state travelers at airports and continues to focus heavily on getting shots in the arms of unvaccinated residents. But one state-run program that hasn't gotten a lot of attention lately has been COVID screening. The tests are still available. They're still free at most airports in the state. But as KCW's Catherine Rose reports, very few travelers are getting a swab. It's a little after six at Sitka's Rocky Gutierrez Airport, and the passengers from the Alaska Airlines flight from Seattle are disembarking the plane. Standing in front of the exit, an airport worker waves a sign alerting travelers to free COVID testing. Most people walk straight past and go right to baggage claim. The state began testing travelers as part of its screening process a little over a year ago. In the last year, the program has caught nearly 3,000 of the state's positive coronavirus cases. But in February, when the state's disaster declaration expired, COVID tests for travelers became optional. It's still available, but at a recent Unified Command meeting, Sitka's EMS Captain Rob Janik said those numbers have been dropping. Airport testing uh, continues, but remains vastly underutilized. They have staff over there meeting every flight, offering testing to every passenger who arrives. Um, but only a couple few people have been taking advantage of that off of every flight. You know, like around Christmas time, there were about, you know, 236 people uh, got tested prior to travel, um, and 222 people got tested at Sitka specifically um, at that time. Alaska Chief Medical Officer Dr. Ann Zink says that number has continued to decrease. Uh, in the month of April, for example, there were 83 people who got tested, uh, 67 people in the month of May. The state's top doctor says Sitka isn't alone. Across the state, the number of travelers who took an airport COVID test decreased quite a bit over the last few months. At the same time, vaccine availability increased dramatically, which could account for a lot of the opting out. Zink says the state plans to provide testing at most Alaska airports through the end of the tourist season and potentially into the fall, depending on how the pandemic evolves free and anyone can get tested. So young, old, vaccinated, not vaccinated, symptomatic, asymptomatic, uh, no charge. Uh, So it's available and free to anyone who would choose to get tested. Travel continues to be a major factor in viral spread. Zink says unvaccinated travelers should still get tested. And for those that have completed the vaccine, they should be tested if they're showing any symptoms. Vaccinated with no symptoms? Zink says that's up to the individual. She cites a recent trip she took as an example. You know, when I went and visited my father, you know, who's getting chemotherapy, I got tested prior to travel. And then again, after I returned back, um, just because I would hate to and, you know, accidentally have picked it up and be able to spread it to someone uh, who was at higher risk. But Zink says it isn't the decrease in testing that keeps her up at night. It's um, the fact that it's easy to think that COVID's just done and it's over. And unfortunately, we still see it spreading and we can see it kind of spread and take off and really surge in certain communities uh, at, a, at any given time. Um, and so we've got tools to our disposal to minimize that and to keep each other safe and healthy. Zink says testing at the airport before or after travel remains one of those tools, particularly for unvaccinated or symptomatic people. The program is still free to all travelers and will be available at least through the summer. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. 
A federal judge's ruling in a lawsuit brought by the state of Florida won't affect cruise ship sailings to Alaska, but it does temporarily block federal pandemic rules for cruises departing from Florida ports. The case has been closely watched in Alaska. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention argued Florida's challenge to federal pandemic rules jeopardizes the workaround in place that lets Alaska-bound cruises bypass ports in Canada. Foreign-flagged ships are ordinarily required to make a foreign stop between U.S. ports, but they've been granted a temporary exemption by Congress that references the CDC's pandemic guidelines. Florida's lawsuit argued that the CDC had overstepped its authority with restrictive rules for cruise ships. A federal judge agreed that the 15-month shutdown of the cruise industry went well beyond the agency's authority outlined in federal law. In the ruling, Tampa-based judge Stephen Maryday called the CDC's cruise ship rules, quote, extensive, disabling, and exclusive. The judge's order makes clear that this decision would not affect Alaska's cruise season. The ruling applies only to departures from Florida. A spokesperson for Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy's office said in an email that the state's cruise season is, quote, good to go. Alaska doctors have temporary permission from the state to use telehealth to prescribe a controlled but life-saving drug used to treat opioid addiction. As Claire Strumpel reports for KTOO, state officials say they'd like to make the change permanent. Once a patient says they're ready for treatment, physicians like Dr. Janice Schufelt want to get them the medication that prevents withdrawal symptoms as soon as possible. Honestly, even a few days makes a difference because of how many people are dying from opioid overdoses in our state. She got to sidestep a significant barrier to care for people with opioid addictions during the pandemic, the clinic visit. That is, until February, when the state's emergency order lapsed and the state tightened restrictions on telehealth. That meant she and her patients had to schedule an in-person appointment with another doctor to prescribe the drug. Buprenorphine. It's also called by its brand name, Suboxone. An extra step and extra time when withdrawal symptoms can manifest within hours. Every patient I speak to, they tell me about their friends or family members who have died. So I really think time is of the essence and um, even a few days can make a difference. I've had people overdose and die who were waiting to get into treatment. Last week, the state's medical board approved an emergency order from the state health department to reinstate buprenorphine prescriptions by telehealth temporarily. But there was a four-month period where providers had to set up in-person appointments to get prescriptions. In that time, more than 200 patients asked to start medicated treatment at Dr. Schufelt's clinic alone. The lapse came at a critical time. Hospital visits for overdoses involving heroin have increased dramatically in the state since March. Overdose visits from March to May this year are more than double last year's visits over the same period of time. Officials from the state's medical board declined recorded interviews, but wrote in a statement that the board will work to make the change permanent and allow Alaska doctors to prescribe and renew prescriptions for buprenorphine without an in-person appointment. Medication is a key part of helping people who have opioid use disorder in stopping. Jeannie Monk is a senior vice president at the Alaska State Hospital and Nursing Home Association, or ASHNA. She testified before the medical board on behalf of Alaska physicians who said the change is necessary to help their patients. 
She said the COVID-19 pandemic illuminated a real need. And um, because people couldn't go in to see doctors and people in rural areas couldn't travel, um, giving them access to really life-saving medication um, by telehealth has been essential. Buprenorphine typically requires an in-person visit for a prescription because it's categorized as a controlled substance. It's an opioid that works to block withdrawal symptoms, but doesn't get users high like heroin or fentanyl do. And it took quite a while to kind of get the state medical board to kind of understand the situation and take action. So even though current state and federal law do not allow that type of drug to be prescribed without an in-person visit, the state's medical board is working to keep the telehealth exemption in place. Alaska has a new state forester. He comes by way of California, where he retired as one of the state's top resource management officials. Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick reports. Alaska's new state forester, Helga Eng, grew up in Oslo, Norway, which is nearly the same latitude as Anchorage. You know, I've always considered Alaska kind of home in the sense that uh, I was born and raised in a similar climate. He just finished a 21-year career in California, where despite making his home in the foothills of the Sierra Mountains, the dry heat spells were hard to escape. That wall of heat of 105 degrees is not something you really get used to, so... uh, Coming up here, it's, uh, it's a welcome change, and it's like coming home for me. Ang spent more than 20 years working for CAL FIRE, the Golden State's Forestry Management and Wild and Firefighting Agency. He was in charge of resource management, which researched different timber practices on state lands. Now, as Alaska state forester, he oversees more than 260 employees and is in charge of regulating logging on state and private land. His office is attached to the Alaska Department of Natural Resources and is charged with preparing timber sales on state lands to supply local industry. We are continuing to work actively, as my predecessor did, to um, reinvigorate a uh, timber industry in the southeast. Clear-cut logging of old-growth forests is controversial, and there's been increased scrutiny of projects on Prince of Wales Island and other parts of southeast. Ang says it's his job to make sure all voices are heard before making critical land use decisions. There are several points of view on forest management and, and timber harvesting. And uh, I, I do think it's important that uh, all of those views are represented and, and all the voices are heard. So um, rest assured there will be uh, ample opportunity for public input into all of the state harvest decisions. As in California, which has been devastated by wildfires, his job here will also include wildland fire protection. In a statement, DNR Commissioner Corey Feige says, we are fortunate to have Helga Eng bring his experience north to Alaska. Eng replaces outgoing state forester Chris Mache, who served for 21 years before retiring in February. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Jacob Resnick. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this has been Raven News. 